Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour, light the tower on the horn. Craig Way with you. Jeff will be back in tomorrow. Cam Parker, producer alongside. Thank you to uh, everybody with all the nice uh, texts on the Specs text line after uh, uh, my first hour comments and the address after reading uh, the statement uh, from the company and what it meant for uh, my future going forward. If you uh, did not get to hear it, want to hear it, you can uh, catch it at hornfm.com. It is... Certainly, uh, in, well, it's detailed as I, you know, and, and as is my bent. Uh, it is it is quite uh, detailed about uh, more about my situation uh, with regard to that. So anyway, uh, I will. Uh, uh, I, I thank you uh, for the kind comments. <laughs> uh, the the uh, the cleanup from hour number one on the Specs text line. Bizarro Dale Dudley always says, "I would have had to eat my dog." She hates fish. <laughs> Talking about the uh, castaway dude. Uh, so anyway, um, but anyway, uh, and uh, uh, then then uh, Bernard Jetty said the program gave me the best to laugh during a dreary times of COVID. And they were rather dreary, weren't they? So uh, anyway, there's that. Um, so anyway, the there's there's a. There's uh, a lot with that, and and uh, also at hornfm.com, you can uh, read uh, you can read the statement from uh, the company about 104.9 shutting down after August 1st. 101.9 and AM 1260 will continue on, and there will be a mixture of live and network programming, and also some play by play on that. And uh, so, anyway, we'll. Uh, that was on there, and again, if you wanted to listen to, to my explanation about my situation, uh, that's uh, will be on the podcast page there at hornfm.com. All right, um, we'll get uh, to more of that uh, coming up. But as I mentioned, I, I did want to uh, discuss uh, the, the ongoing uh, season of Major League Baseball, and uh, and and toward that end. Whenever we're in a situation where we're doing that, we want to have our resident MLB insider. Let's Gene Watson join us as he does on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Uh, so, Gino, I, I I saw this uh, deal uh, about all the teams that scored. What was it? Twelve teams scored ten or more runs last night. Three uh, lost games. The the Tigers lost. Uh, the Reds lost, 
And the Braves, with the best record in all of baseball, all lost when scoring uh, last night, even though they they uh, scored that many. What in the world's going on? Was that just a little post-All-Star game hangover thing with all these? First time since 1894 that that many teams scored 10 runs in a ball game. That's exactly what it was. It was uh, rotations rolling around to the back uh, of the rotations who hadn't pitched in – you know, eight or nine days, you had pin arms that had been off. And, you know, when you get out of the rhythm of facing live hitters in front of 40,000, 50,000 people, uh, it's not easy to step back into that arena. And so that's exactly what I believe was happening last night is you just had guys that had long breaks. I saw a kid here throwing Nashville last night that hadn't pitched in 12 days and one of the better prospect arms in baseball. But the break is what the break is, and so it played itself out on the field last night. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it certainly did, and there's uh, some real interesting things that were that, that were taking place during that. It's a, it's a fascinating uh, watch to see uh, the Braves and Diamondbacks go out because the D-Bags were one of the best teams in the first half of the season. They've had a little bit of a dip. They've lost seven of their last ten, but they're only two and a half games out of first anyway in the National League West. The, the Reds May have been the biggest surprise story. I remember you were talking about it last week, and they've also lost seven of their last ten, including uh, the completion of a doubleheader or the completion of game one suspended from the day before due to rain with the Giants, and then lost the regularly scheduled contest eleven to ten. And you said last week, watch the Giants. Everybody's been talking about the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and National League West, and you said you you still believe that the Padres will find a way to get it flipped, and they've won six of their last ten. But the Giants now have won eight of their last ten. They have a seven-game winning streak. They're only a game and a half back. How about what Gabe Kapler's doing in San Francisco? Truly amazing. And it is it is more a byproduct of their process more than their talent on the field. I was talking with Zach Manassian Jr., their assistant GM, yesterday, and he just has a way of game planning and preparing for the opponent and using the sum of all his parts on a roster – uh, and they have a very good rotation. When you talk about Logan Webb and, and Alex Cobb and Ross Stripling, uh, they've got one of the best young pitching prospects who could help them in the second half in Kyle Harrison. And, and they're looking to add. If if, uh, if the Shohei Otani uh, situation becomes real as the deadline draws closer, look for the Giants not only to be a big part of that into the deadline, but also into the winter uh, with an extension. San Francisco is a wonderful uh, place for players to play, uh, and Gabe Kapler will have a plan for it. And uh, but they've done a tremendous job for their roster, and and Gabe just knows how how to prepare for his opponent. Well, I asked you last week how for real were the conversations with regard to Otani, and you said, "Oh, they're real." The conversation. The question is, how serious do teams want to get? Uh, you know, as we, as we get closer and closer to this trade deadline, let me ask you this: How uh, different do you see the trade deadline being now than it was prior with the waiver deadline? And we all know the the Verlander deal before uh, the waiver deadline and all that sort of stuff of the past, and it's happened with other uh, high profile cases. But how different is it now? Do you see impacting clubs with just the one deadline? It's huge because two things. One, you don't get the second trade deadline for teams that just want to move money uh, and, and run players through, through waivers, and maybe they'll pick up the contract. So your only insurance policy is right now. As far as building your roster, 
uh, from the top down. There is no second chance. Uh, secondly is uh, you typically, uh, it used to be in September where you could call up as many players as you wanted. So if you had a good system, you could call guys up. You could have, you know, up to 40 players up at the major league level. So you could build out your speed option, your extra outfield option, your bullpen option. You could evaluate kids uh, for what they could do for you in October, like we did with Brandon Finnegan in 2014, uh, who was out of that year's draft from TCU. Uh, that's all taken away now. And if you look at what Alex Anthopoulos did in 2021, he took three major injuries to the outfield. He went out and said, I'm not going to worry about what it looks like when these guys come back. I've got to worry about winning now. And he went out and acquired three outfielders to build that team as strong as they possibly could because there was no way of knowing what the future was going to hold. And so he just continued to build the roster from the top down. So that's really what I call the level of sincerity on teams that are really pushing to win a world championship and teams that are going to maybe say, you know what, let's get in. Anything can happen if we get in like the Phillies last year and let's roll the dice going that way and not step out and give away three or four major players of our organization for a show. Hey, Otani. Talking major league baseball with Gene Watson here on light the tower on the horn. Gino, um, the Yankees, they're, they're four above 500. They've dropped eight of their last ten. They've lost three in a row, and they're nine games out of first, despite the fact that Tampa Bay uh, has dropped seven of its last ten. And, you know, and that'll happen when you play the Braves before the All-Star break and the Rangers not far after that. And the Orioles one game back after dropping the first two at home to the Dodgers. And the Blue Jays are five and a half, and even the Red Sox uh, are six above 500, but they're eight off the pace. How about the Yankees and Red Sox, the bottom feeders? in the American League East right now? Well, the Red Sox are playing extremely well right now. And and look to this game. I, I talked to our guys that were in seeing them this week, and, and they are one of the teams, the sleeper teams right now. They, they are playing extremely well. The Yankees, we, you know, we've been sitting on them as well. I mean, Boston's won eight out of their last ten. So uh, they're a game and a half out of the wild card. They're doing extremely well. But the Yankees, uh, in talking to them, you, you just can't replace an Aaron Judge. It doesn't matter uh, what you try to do. You can't replace a presence like that in your lineup. And, you know, Giancarlo Stanton's played in 30% of their games over the last three years. Those things uh, take a toll on your team. Josh Donaldson is now out indefinitely with a calf injury. Uh, they've just they've gotten a little bit older with their roster. They've had a number of injuries, especially on the pitching front. And just the psychology of what losing an Aaron Judge does to your clubhouse and your roster, and you look around in the division and what other teams are doing, it's a big hit uh, psychologically and in between the white lines. And so they did just get Harrison Bader back, which will give them a little more outfield depth. But they've got a number of injuries when you talk about uh, Frankie Montos and Luis Trevino and Scott Efros and Heck Nectar Hortez and uh, Jonathan Loise. I mean, they've just taken it really uh, big time with the injuries and, and none bigger than Aaron Judge. And so, you know, it, it's hard on your team in between the white lines, but more importantly, psychologically, when you look at the other teams in the division and how well they're playing right now. Moving up from there, the Jays are sitting in third. The kind of 
overlooked, I think, right now because uh, the Rays have been on top from the outset. And even though, like we said, they've had some stumbles of late and the Orioles had won eight in a row before they dropped the first two at home to L.A., but they're only a game back. And, and everybody's talking about the Red Sox and Yankees down at the bottom, although you pointed out Boston's won eight of ten. They're back in the wild card picture again. And then there's the Jays right in the middle of that at 11 above 500 and only five and a half out of first. Well, as the pitching begins to wear thin, this offense is really going to take out. That The problem is the guy they really need to take off for them, Alex Manoa, had another rough start last night. Uh, and that's the guy they really need to lean on. He was arguably the best pitcher they had all of last year. And now, you know, they sent him all the way back to, to Dunedin to, to kind of do the Roy Halladay rehab program. Uh, he had a couple of rough starts down there. They got him back to the big leagues. Things began to trend a little bit upward, but then he takes another step uh, back last night. And this is a guy that if they hope to get to October into the wild card, this guy's got to get hot for them. But but what you're going to see now with teams are everybody is desperate for pitching. Uh, if you look at Atlanta, the injuries they're taking, you look at the run scored last night across the league, you've got your ones and your twos and your threes, but everybody's kind of in the same boat with the back of the rotations. And so – uh, it's the ones that can get to the finish line. It's the ones that have the depth within their system to make those spot starts. And the ones that can take advantage offensively and do what a lot of teams did last night and win the games, those are going to be the separators as we get into September and early October. All right, since you're on the subject of that, of the pitching thin type things, you mentioned Alec Manoa having to go back. His, uh, another guy who pitched uh, at West Virginia like Manoa did, uh, is is Michael Grove, who got the start for the Dodgers last night. He managed to make it through five innings, and he got the win. But right now, even though they're up by a game and a half, the Dodgers are trying to, to do this with duct tape and bailing wire with their pitching staff because the only regular veteran starters who are even healthy right now for L.A. is Urias, who will pitch today, and Gonsolin will start Friday night against uh, the Rangers. But they're trying to do it with two veterans and three rookies. And I know Bobby Miller's exciting, and they've got guys. Uh, they, they've got guys, but is that a sustainable model when you're having to go with three rookies as starting pitchers uh, to, for for a ball club trying to stay in the thick of the fight and stay on top of the division race? Well, I knew you were going to bring the Dodgers up. I had to. I mean, no, well, even and even if I wasn't a fan, it's kind of fascinating to see that you got a team trying to hold it together with three rookie starters. Really? Clayton Kershaw, Jimmy Nelson, Bobby Miller, Noah Syndergaard, Shelby Miller, Daniel Hudson, Ryan Pepio, Dustin May, Alex Reyes. I mean, the list goes on and on. Blake Trinan, one of the best relievers in baseball. Walker Bueller out till September. What they have been able to accomplish as an organization with those type of injuries to your pitching staff is unbelievable. Where the problem lies is, is you've only got 40 guys on your 40-man roster. They have an incredible system, and they, there's a lot of ways they can go. And I hear you on the rookie status with a lot of these arms, but the talent of these guys, the ceiling of these pitchers is so high that it's not really the concern of a Bobby Miller coming up or a Ryan Pepio coming up. It's that you've got to create the roster space for them now, knowing all of these guys are going to come off the IL at some point, and you've got to have room for them. And so that's the problem. It's more of a roster crunch for them right now and getting these guys healthy. So if they can just stay where they are and, and, and you know hold serve with, with where they're at, when these guys come off, this is going to be one of the more dangerous teams, obviously, that you're going to see in September. But 
but there's only so many roster spots that you can have. And if you, if you take one of these guys off with the talent that they are, um, it, it's going to be very, very impossible for them to replace. So really what they have to do is just keep doing what they're doing and get healthy as quickly as they possibly can. And then you look about September 15th and they put the best 26-man roster they can health-wise together, and then you get into October and it's an extremely dangerous ball club. Well, and and to your point about how the offense picks up team, I'll give you the, the name of the other the other rookie. I know you're well acquainted with Emmett Sheehan. He's 2-0. and with a 6-3-0 ERA away from home, but the Dodgers are scoring enough runs for him, just like they did for Michael Grove last night. Yeah, and Grove, you know, is that depth guy. He's going to come up. He's going to give you four or five innings. He's got the options. You option him back down. Uh, Pepio, if he gets healthy, that's a guy that's going to be able to impact. Sheehan, this organization has done such an incredible job in the draft and with international signs that – even and and I know they're doing a lot of, of research and homework on making trades to improve the roster. But as you begin to look at them as an organization, say, okay, which way would we go in a trade? There's so many ways to go that you almost have to wait for them to give you the names in trade because they're so deep and so talented. And you could go one for ones in a lot of different directions. And the the, the guy they get to pick is somebody that the, the guy you're getting back in a trade is somebody that you'd be happy with. So. Uh, they just have so many options right now that uh, that's what makes them so so dangerous for the playoffs. All right, let me let me jump to the central and and the Brewers. Now you, you mentioned you, you said, and so far it's looking the part that the Reds, while a great story, probably you, you would see them falling off, even with what I think is the most exciting rookie in baseball right now in Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, but uh, you said. Keep watching the Brewers. Keep watching the Brewers. And now they've got a little tiny bit of separation on Cincinnati after trailing at the break, and they're now two and a half up uh, on them uh, right now. And the Cubs are six below 500, but they're seven and a half back. How about your thoughts on the Central? Well, I I still do believe it's Milwaukee's division to lose because of Craig Council. He's such an incredible manager. They've got the veteran presence at the top of the rotation uh, with Corbin Burns. They play well together as a collective unit. They've been together a long time where that Reds group is super, super young, super, super talented. They got a lot of those guys in trades, most of them from Seattle in the last year. And, and you know, the push is really, really good. And then the reality of late August and September with the pitching begins to take hold. And they've got some very, very young, talented pitchers, but they haven't logged the innings to maybe carry you through. The future for the Cincinnati Reds is extremely bright. They've got some of the best young pitching prospects in the game. Uh, you know, Connor Phillips, a kid from McClinic Community College in Waco and Magnolia, uh, Texas, is, is one of their top pitching prospects. And he's not far down the road to being able to impact this roster. And so I think they're going to keep pushing. But, but how far do you really push with an experienced veteran team like Milwaukee ahead of you? Uh, you know, there is a price that you're willing to pay, but then you've got to be realistic in saying, hey, look, we got a really, really bright future ahead with this roster. Let's not subtract too much away from it, trying to push you too hard. And, again, there's where you are as an organization, and then there's trying to beat the L.A. Dodgers or uh, the Tampa Bay Rays or the Baltimore Orioles right now in a World Series. And so I think that's where a lot of teams are measuring things. But this is going to be a great stretch, and, and, and don't count the Cubs out as well because they will work to make moves uh, they've got an okay system. They'll work to make moves uh, into the deadline to try to improve uh, 
that ball club as well. But the but the Brewers for me are the class of the division. This this always sounds so bizarre to say, uh, but as we approach the trade deadline, are the St. Louis Cardinals sellers? Here's a team that's eleven below five hundred. They're ten back in the central. Just the just the mere mention of the word the Cardinals being sellers at the trade deadline. The Cardinals, but are they? I think you have to look at it both ways. I think you've got to look at them as buyers and sellers. Sellers in the fact that they've got some big money contracts that they may able they may be able to move right now. Talented names that they may be able to move and get talent back, but also more control at less dollars. And so I think you're kind of burning the candle at both ends with potentially moving one of those wing infielders that make a lot of money that contracts are going to run out on and, and getting upper-level talent that helps your major league team now. But you look at the outfield situation with Jordan Walker and Lars Newbar, two of the best young players in the game. They've got a lot of versatility with a Brendan Donovan, a Tommy Edmond, an Alex Burleson, a Dillison Carlson, Dylan Carlson. So they've got young, talented players that can move all around the field. I think the assessment has to be is now do we take some of these money contracts and try to move them for upper-level talent and create financial flexibility for 24 and 25 moving forward. So I think the mantra is going to be let's let's look at it in every direction, try to burn the candle in both ends in in buying and selling at the same time to create the best roster you can for next year. Talking uh, baseball with Gene Watson, our uh, MLB insider here on Light the Tower. Okay, uh, to the National League East, uh, are the Marlins now kind of in that same category as the Reds? Hot start. They've now dropped seven to ten. They've dropped five in a row. Uh, and, and is it the reality of the Braves and the Phillies that is finally now starting to catch up? Even though the Marlins are just a half game back in Philadelphia for second, but the Braves, uh, you know, putting some distance between themselves and the rest of the pack in the National League East. Really, a lot of difference, and there there is some separation. And Miami, again, very bright future, but they've taken some injuries. Eduardo Cabrera has been out. Uh, Max Meyer, one of their top pitching prospects who could have potentially helped this club in the second half, has been out. Jazz Chisholm, their starting center fielder, has been out with an oblique injury. The injuries have really hurt this team, but it's very, very young and very, very talented. They obviously went out and, and worked hard to uh, improve the offense with a rise, uh, giving up you know Lopez to the, the Minnesota Twins was Jorge Lopez. That was a very good trade, great baseball trade for both teams, but but I think their pitching front has just been so hurt that it's been hard to, to get everything back together. Trevor Rogers has taken a step back with a lat injury. And so if they can get the pitching healthy in the second half, they could make another push. But again, very, very talented system, very good young team. But when you lose your catalyst and jazz chism and the pitching injuries that they've had, it's very, very hard to overcome. Uh, with a team like Atlanta in your division as talented as they are. Okay, I, I got to I got to throw this into you. I know you'll get a kick out of this, Gino. Our one of our loyal texters on the uh, Specs text line, Cooter, said, "Did Gino just say the Cubs are okay? Has he seen the garbage fire playing in Wrigley?" He's <laughs> talking about that. That, but y- your point was that the Central is still kind of up for grabs overall. It is. It is still up for grabs. I just think Milwaukee is. The class of it, I just don't think the Cubs are going to stop pushing. They've got enough prospects in their system to add uh, to that team. And, and so they, if they want to do that, they can. They've always done a great job of taking kind of that, that buy-low retread reliever and making them good again. Look for some of those moves 
to take place in the second half. And also, I'm a lifelong loyal Cub fan, so I'm always the optimist when it comes to the fans. That's true enough. Uh, Gene Watson joining us here on the program as we jump to the American League West. Our our loyal producer, Cam Parker, has a show eight question uh, for you there. Cam? Gino, we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. And, of course, the biggest name is Otani. And not too often you have a player like Shohei Otani who's possibly on the trading block. But it, it seems like it's inevitable him going to Craig's team, the Dodgers. But if you're a what? team <laughs> like the Rangers or the Rays or someone else, do you even bother giving up your entire farm system knowing it might just be a postseason rental? As I said last week, that's the two trains of thought is what are your intentions moving forward? If the acquisition cost for you is 75 cents on the dollar to your system uh, and you want to try to make a push this year, totally get it. If the acquisition cost is to acquire and then try to extend and you're going dollar for dollar on what it's going to cost, uh, I think that's a, a moderate to high risk situation when you have teams like the Mets and Dodgers waiting in the wings. And you don't said the Giants, the Giants would out. look at that as well, right? You said the Giants would the consider Giants out. Yeah. Don't count them out because they, they can sell out every night. And what a lot of people don't realize is Perry Manassian has to sit back. Perry Manassian can't be the aggressor in this situation because the intention all along has been not to trade him. And if you look up, they've won two in a row, and they're four and a half out of the wild card. And that's one good week from really being in it. And when you look at the Astros and how thin uh, the pitching is there and the depth at the upper levels, the Rangers are really the the caveat to catch. But from a wild card standpoint, they're one good week away from being back in it. So you still have to measure it out, you know, into late July as to whether we want to move the player at all or not. But but that's the thing is is Perry can't be the aggressor in this because the teams that say oh yes we want to be in there can be no player off limits every player that that the uh, the uh, Angels could potentially get has to be on limits okay so now the team's sitting back going okay well we've got to make our offer on this where do we even begin because we don't want to trade these guys and so that's where it's kind of a cat and mouse game right now uh, but the bigger the bigger situation right now is they've won two in a row. Um, even without Mike and, and all the injuries that they've had. And so they still have a little waiting game, seven to ten days, to see where they are. So it's going to be high drama into the trade deadline to see how this one turns out. But more than anything, you there's you, you got to really step up and want this guy. And, and there are about four or five teams that, that could do it if they want to. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And – and uh, they're they're all going to obviously be chasing the Rangers the rest of the way in the the American League West. The Astros still obviously within striking distance of the top at four and a half back, but the Rangers on that roll, you know, that you've been talking about for weeks, and and here they are closing in on Tampa Bay's mark for best record in the American League. Well, again, the attitude of that organization, what Chris Young and Bruce Bochy have done, as far as like the attitude and the edge and the expectation to win is as good as it's ever been in the organization's history. The offense and what it does every night, night in and night out, incredible. And they've got a system that is truly, it's, it's one of the top three in baseball, so they can go a lot of different ways with it. This is a very dangerous team in October once they get in because they, they have the blueprint. They, these guys have all been there and done that 
when you talk about Chris Young, who was on our 15 world championship team in Kansas City, and Bruce Bochy, who I was with in San Diego, has won multiple world championships. That experience and the blueprint and the know-how and just the messaging to the team is such a big deal when you get into October. And Texas clearly has the advantage over most teams. The Dodgers and the Rangers have that advantage. And so it's going to be great to see what they do, whether they, you know, stay internal and bring up an Evan Carter or bring up an Owen White or or they take those guys and they trade them for a Shohei Otani. It's going to be very, very interesting but make no mistake, the Rangers are in their window right now, not to just win one world championship, but to win multiples over the next two to four years. Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, a couple other things uh, while we're still talking uh, American League West. Uh, well, someone on the Specs text line said, could you see a scenario where the Astros would go after Dylan Cease from the White Sox? I could see that. I don't see the White Sox moving Dylan Cease because the White Sox are still in that window right now where they're trying to improve and get better. And so if you're going to trade a Dylan Cease, which is clearly a top-of-the-rotation, young, controllable arm, you've got to get two back. You've got to multiply on the years and the, and the dollars. And I don't know that there's a lot of teams that are willing to part with two upper-level prospects for one guy to help you win right now that is so young and so controllable. I would expect the White Sox probably to extend Dylan Cease uh, in a multi-year deal rather than spinning him off for two players because you know the player, you know what he's built, you got him in the trade from the Cubs for Jose Quintana, and so they know what they've got in Dylan Cease. And I don't think you're, I think you're taking a moderate or high-risk situation, spinning him off for two, and not really knowing what the ceiling of those players could be down the road. And so I, I don't look for something like that to happen. All right. Uh, somebody else uh, texted asking, are there any chances that the Braves would entertain an opportunity to trade for Otani? I think they would. I think they're going to definitely have to remove from the major league team. And I don't know that that's something they want to do because that team, the, the complexion and the, and the, the personality of that team is so strong that, Sometimes, it doesn't matter, it could be the most talented player in the world, it can be subtraction by addition when you talk about what it would cost for them to get him and what that loss might be to the complexion and personality of the team. So uh, from a system standpoint, I don't believe the deal is there. So now you're talking about uh, subtractions off the major league team, and I'm not sure they want to do that right now. Okay. Uh, before we wrap up, one person texted and said, Gino, I'll buy your Cubs Kool-Aid. It's my favorite flavor. Go Cubs, go. Uh, I said, uh, one person on that. And uh, it, it's. It, I ask you about this every time, and it, you're looking more and more spot on. I asked you if you, if, if you believed that the American League Central Division champion will be at or above 500, and you said – Probably just a little above 500, and right now here are the Twins, just a little above 500. They're two above 500 uh, on top by game and a half on 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 top of the Guardians, who are or a game below the 500 mark. Yeah, that that's going to be a two team race down the stretch. And I know this may sound crazy, but don't count the White Sox out in a wild card race. They could still add to the team. The team is super talented. They're just trying to find their niche as a unit. Uh, but that's going to be a two-team race uh, down the stretch with Minnesota and Cleveland and, and both great managers. You know, Cleveland is the youngest team in baseball, and everybody keeps forgetting that. They are super young, super talented. Uh, they've had some injuries to the pitching, but 
um, that's going to be a dogfight down to the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and, and let me ask you this, Gino. Uh, is, is one of the better, I, I'm not saying best, is one of the better uh, managing jobs being done right now being done by A.J. Hinch? The Tigers are 10 below 500, but they're only six out of first place. This despite a minus 81 run differential in games. Well, AJ is a dear friend of mine, as you know. We speak we speak weekly, and and he is encouraged uh, as to what the team. You know, I think they're exciting. They're fun to watch. They've got some very very good young players. The Spencer Torkelton is going to be a, a middle of the order run producing bat for a long time. They've done a tremendous job of managing Miguel Cabrera and his at bats and what his role is on the team as that begins to wind down. Uh, his career begins to wind down. Riley Green is a super talented player in center field. They've got some pieces uh, for the future that are fun to watch. Eduardo Rodriguez is arguably one of the best top-of-the-rotation guys in the game right now. He's pitching tonight in Kansas City. That's a guy that they could take and multiply off of and really improve their roster for 24 and beyond. So they've got some very, very bright young pieces around the diamond, and A.J. always has the team prepared. He always has great messaging, and, and they've done a very nice job, and I think he's been very encouraged by the steps forward that they've made in the coming year, in the he's, last year. He's Gene Watts, and he's our MLB insider. We check in with him uh, weekly. So, Gino, I announced on the program, so I've got two more weeks uh, on the program, so that means we've got two more opportunities to visit with you. So we'll look forward to that, okay? Okay, Craig, appreciate you. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Dino. Uh, that's Dean Watson, our MLB insider. Uh, we have coming up uh, a Flex 30 update and a second hour Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Our thanks again to Gene Watson, our MLB insider. Uh, so... <laughs> So he said, even Gene Watson gets frustrated with the L.A. references. I wouldn't say that because he and I had had uh, lunch before the All-Star game in L.A. last year. No, he gets tickled by it. And uh, he asks me from time to time, I go, hey, you going to see, uh, see your boys? Blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't think he gets frustrated. He does get tickled by it, though. But, I, but it wasn't the only. wasn't even the primary. wasn't the first thing. But I went division by division. I talked about all the division leaders. They happen to be a division leader. But I also discussed the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves in the National League. I discussed the Texas Rangers in the American League West. I discussed uh, the Minnesota Twins in the Central and the Rays in the East. So we hit them all. We hit them all, including them. So that's uh, that's that's how that is <laughs> you know uh russell asked he said what top three teams to get oh tony i think he thought the top three teams were in no particular order uh he thought 
uh, Mets, Dodgers, Giants. I think he was saying because the Giants might be willing to do more than just the run of play. Right? Yes, yeah. So the think trade. on the free agency market, that list is a little bit different, right? Because on the uh, if 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 in a trade, it might be those those three. And I also don't know about the Angels. Um, uh, you might say they're whether they have reluctance or whether they are interested enough to trade within the division. Yeah. So that's that's another thing with uh, especially with the them. Rangers. Yeah. We would want a lot more, but yeah. Exactly. Uh okay. Uh it's time now for a Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, yesterday we ticked off the preseason top 50 in Class 6A in Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, which reminds me to give away a copy right now. Be caller number four. Fourth caller, 512-447-3776 to win a copy of the 2023 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. So be the number four caller, 512-447-3776. Actually, I plan to give it away right around this segment. I don't do that every day, but I plan to do it today around the Flex 30 update because we're running down the top 10 rankings. Yesterday, we did it in 6A, and of course, the ones in 6A included the highest-ranked area school, and that was Westlake at number four in the preseason top 50 because 6A, they just do a 1 through 50 because they don't split it up into Division One and Division Two as we know, until they get to the postseason. But Vandegrift was seven. Lake Travis was 11. So three area schools in the top 11. The next closest one after that was Dripping Springs at number 23 and then Round Rock at 35. That was in 6A. 5A. 5A because they have two divisions at the start of the season, just as they do in 4A, 3A, 2A, and in Class A. They are able to go ahead and split and do a top 25 in each division. So here's your 5A Division One preseason top 25 going from 25 down. San Antonio Wagner is 25. Then in ascending order, Abilene, that's Abilene High, Barbers Hill, Shoemaker from Colleen at number 22, Corpus Christi Miller, Manville, Lake Belton in at number 19. We know how explosive they are. Galveston Ball at 18, Georgetown at number 17, Edinburgh Vela at 16, Denton Ryan, Corpus Christi Vets Memorial, Burleson Centennial, Amarillo Tascosa, Far San Juan Alamo North. Then into the top 10, number 10, Frisco Reedy, number 9, Fullshire, number 8, Port Arthur Memorial, Frisco Lone Star at 7, Smithson Valley, number 6, Mansfield Timberview, number 5, Lancaster, number 4, College Station, third, Longview, number 2, and yes, defending state champion Alito. They of the 11 state titles more than any pro- other program in Texas high school football history sits at number one. That's your 5A Division One preseason ranking. We'll get to your uh, the, the uh, Division Two preseason rankings tomorrow. All right, so there's the Flex 30 update, and uh, we do have a, a Longhorn Notebook here. Longhorn Notebook. The Longhorn Notebook is quickly to announce that two more pieces of David Pierce's 20 
23 Longhorn baseball team will be returning for the 2024 season. Jack O'Dowd, Longhorn veteran, second baseman. Remember, he started his collegiate career at Vanderbilt, and he transferred in and then didn't play much in 2022 and was an integral part, a key part in 2023. He is returning, also uh, returning uh, for uh, the Longhorns, and it, and it was uh, very good to see that Peyton Powell was coming back. No big surprise there. I think we, we all figured Peyton to come back. A guy who hit over 400 for a good chunk of the season ended up at 339 with 10 home runs this year. Quietly, David Pierce's roster looks really, really good heading to 2024, Craig. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so that's uh, your Longhorn notebook there. Uh, uh, Ricardo from Galveston said, did I hear Galveston ball? He said, been a while. Yeah, in 6A. In 6A uh, to, to uh, keep an, I mean, excuse me, 5A Division One, number 18 for the Golden Tornadoes there. You ever seen Galveston balls uniforms? I have not. Picture LSU. Ooh. They're a lot like, like, like LSU. Yeah. The purple and the yellow and all that—it's—it's it's, uh, like like Lagrange. You've seen Lagrange, mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like that. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. Congratulations to Patrick Oldham, the winner of a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. As we get ready to to be done today. Uh, I mentioned the the British Open or the Open Championship tee times. The ones that intrigue me the most here, Cam, are at what will be 3 o'clock in the morning our time. Yeah. 3 or 3 a.m., 9 or 4 a.m. local. Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Jason Day. Uh, then at what would be 3.36 our time, you got Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, and Hideki Matsuyama, followed by... Scotty Scheffler, Tommy Fleetwood, and Adam Scott. Mm. It's pretty good, pretty saucy. Isn't you it? waking up at three a.m. Craig to watch? Uh I usually get up around five or six. Okay. to watch it back nine. Yeah, yeah, to do some of that. So I might do that. All right. Uh, hey, uh, thanks to all of you uh, for the nice comments again. And again, if you want to hear more, uh, hear my comments and thoughts on everything in the station statement today podcast page. HornFM.com. They have the in, entire conversation there from the first hour of the program this morning. So, hey, you know, we've got uh, two more days this week, and then we've got all five next week and two days after that. So we have nine more experiences together. For a man behind the glass who will still be on the air, still be on the air, Cam Parker, because he's about to join Isaiah Collier uh, for the vacationing uh, Chad Hastings. So, Cam will be on there for our man behind the glass. Cameron Park, I'm Craig Way. Jeff will be back tomorrow, and we'll be with you then at 10 o'clock right here on Light the Tower.